Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday as we drop this, and you know what that means. Got my man, Jesse, you know him, at Flippity Flip Cards. Wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about unique lanes that we like to explore as collectors. This guy collects wide receivers, top-tier Hall of Fame or potential Hall of Fame wide receivers, and his collection is insane. We talk about why. We talk about what he's doing and all the things that allow us to think differently about the way we collect. You like what I'm doing over here? Hit the follow, subscribe, all the things. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying Stacking Slabs. Without further ado, let's kick it. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited for this conversation. I have someone on the pod who I've been admiring his collection. We've interacted a little bit just regarding cards, football cards. And I I thought this would be an interesting topic because his collection is around a specific lane and um, that is GOAT WR wide receivers. And that is just something that I don't see anyone else doing. So whenever I see some something unique in the collecting space, it's always something that I'm interested in exploring. But I'm joined by Jesse. You might know him on Instagram at Flippity Flip Cards. Without further ado, Jesse, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm awesome, Brett. Um, I never thought in my wildest dream. I've done uh, my fair share of podcast hosting in the past where I've been a guest on other shows, but I never in my wildest dreams that I ever think I'd be a guest on your show. Honestly, what you've done in the hobby with, especially now with interviewing other collectors and people that I genuinely have discussions with every single day just about in the hobby um what you're doing is incredible and i i can't be more honored to be a guest on this show i appreciate the kind words um let's jump into it and so what what maybe we can start here just so if anyone doesn't follow you or know who you are and what you do we had some time chatting a little bit about football before we got on and can tell you have similar passion to me about the game that we both love and you obviously translate that back into your collecting, but maybe like share with the audience just a little bit of background on like who you are and and your how long have you been back in the hobby for? I've been collecting. I started collecting when I was about like six or seven years old. Brother's collection got passed down to me once he got busy with college. And um, I was kind of, you know, I was a kid. I was all over the place. Um, basketball, football. I, I really like basically collected through my teens and I was really into like patch cards. It could be any sport, literally any sport. I couldn't even, I might not even know who the player was. It could be some random early to mid two thousands baseball player. And as long as it was a game used patch, I wanted it. it. It like, it could have cost $2. And that was like, that meant the world to me. You know, obviously like, like so many other people, um, as time, as time goes by, you focus on, um, you know, other things in life that, that come up that are pretty important, whether it be, you know, school or, or whatever, you know, but I, I always had a fascination with cards, um, growing up, even, even if I wasn't actively collecting, if I'd be in the mall on a random weekend and there'd be a, a show going on, I'd always stop. Um, I, I wouldn't even know like, you know, what the sets are, 
Um, I was really into tops and upper deck. And if I ever saw like a, like a cool game used Jersey card, um, which were really cheap back then, um, I'd always stop. I'd always stop and like, you know, pick up something for 10 or 20 bucks. Um, it wasn't until 2020 when I got back in fully into the hobby, just, you know, there were a lot of people that were working from home and, and, um, I'm in, in my personal life, I'm a healthcare worker. So I, you know, didn't quite have that opportunity, but maybe to kind of keep me sane a little bit, if I wasn't able to to see my friends at the time or do, you know, have like a good social life in that time period, I kind of started falling back into, you know, maybe in my basement and seeing what, what I had laying around in my house and, and I saw all over the internet cards were were on the up and coming. They were on the rise. So I just I, I went back into it super heavy in 2020. I didn't really have like a big lane that I was going into. I didn't really have any focus. It got super expensive really quickly, um, which kind of I guess we can kind of segue that into the the lane that I went into later. So, um, you know, I was collecting. I would go into LeBron and and just all things basketball. I'm a, I'm a Philly guy. I'm 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 from Philadelphia, so um, Iverson is like God here. So I, I'd, I'd uh, kind of go all all the way through, you know, basketball um, and football. And there there'd be these kind of like obscure non rookie refractors that I'd go into that would just they 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 wouldn't be super cheap in basketball. And it wasn't until I I tuned into I can't remember which which. Uh, stream it was but it was an instagram live and they were talking about you know you could either have this random iverson refractor or this random you know basketball refractor for like four figures or you could have this football player's best card for like a thousand dollars and that really got me thinking into if i let's say i you know kind of focus my lane into something specific like how much better my collecting experience could actually get compared to having a smaller amount of cards that are slightly obscure, like no offense to the refractor collectors and whatever, but um, you know, I could make my collecting experience the best it possibly could be if I focus in on a certain group of players. And I guess we'll get into why I, I chose wide receivers of all of them. Um, but yeah, just, I, it, it honestly, it came the decision for me to to go into wide receivers was it was mostly about price point, but it was just I don't know like it, there's something about wide receivers that I've always found fascinating since since I was at a young age. Um, we'll we'll talk about specific experiences, but it just it got super expensive really quickly. I and I felt like I needed to to find a lane and try to make something something unique and and special uh, from it myself. So. So the what's int- what I like about the story here is that you compared uh, sports, right? It was you looked at what was what was happening in the basketball market. You translated it over to football, and then instead of like going and doing what a lot of people do, and that's like go, you know, Prism just came out and shit, man. I I don't know how many Mac Jones posts I can take for a week, but it seems like everyone's Mac Jones guy at this point. But instead of going that route, you decided, okay, well since it's about the cards and I want the best cards and experience, I'm going to go after maybe wide receivers, which is, I think, you know, an underappreciated segment of the football card market based on just the nostalgia, the memories. These are the guys that 
are connected to fantasy. These are the guys that are, you know, catching touchdowns on every Sunday, which I, I really like. So I guess like when you zeroed in on wide receivers, you know, there was, there's not like a historical precedent of like, okay, buy like, you know, this car ride receiver. And then, you know, 10 years from now, like it's going to like 50 X what it what what it was when you bought it type of thing. It's usually like the narrative is always like, go buy the, the, the blue chip quarterbacks. You'll be good there. There, there are some situations where like you got a Jerry Rice rookie and some other outliers, but what led you to kind of, or I guess, what was your state of mind? Obviously, cause you were, I'm sure like price played a factor and you want the value to go up, but maybe that wasn't like the exact reason what led you into wide receiver. So maybe like unpack a little bit about just like your state of mind when selecting that, that area to focus in on there. Um, since I was a kid, I just always thought that they were the flashiest player on the field. I remember being, I don't know if you remember this Super Bowl or if you were a big football fan back then. I think it was the 2001 or 2002 Super Bowl um, between the Oakland Raiders and the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's, that's like the first Super Bowl I remember watching, like really actively watching as a kid and understanding what's going on. I think I was like seven or eight years old at the time. And I remember seeing Jerry Rice in an Oakland jersey. And I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm not a big football historian um, outside of what I see on the back of cards. So I didn't even like, I didn't know about his 49er days back then when I was a kid. So it was like, I was super like green in, into the whole, in, into even like football back then. And I remember him in the game. Uh, I think they they had like a, I forget it was either on HBO or Showtime. They had kind of like a, an NFL sound effects back then. I'm not sure if it's still around anymore. And they did like a deep dive into that game alone. Whereas like other weeks they would, um, they'd spend an hour getting sound bites from like, you know, week 16 or week 15, whatever. But they did a whole hour on the sound bites for this specific Super Bowl. And I remember Jerry Rice just screaming at his coach, like, give me the damn ball. You know what I can do. And he was just so livid and so pissed. And they, you know, they were getting their, their asses kicked. And as a, as like a seven or eight year old kid, I'm just thinking to myself, like, damn, this dude's a badass. Oh my God. Like this is, this guy's incredible. And he played his ass off. And I didn't, I didn't realize how old he was at the time. I think he was like 40 years old that season. And from, from then I, I mentioned before I'm I'm a I'm a Philly guy and we we didn't really have that wide receiver experience for a while so um, I just remember you know appreciating Jerry appreciating Randy Moss and in Minnesota playing with Cole Pepper back in the day and yeah we had uh, we had Donovan McNabb with uh, Todd Pinkston and and um, Randy McMichael and uh, don't forget James James Thrash, James Thrash. I, <laughs> freaking love James Thrash. Oh my God. If I, if I, if I was like my age now, back then I'd probably have the sickest thrash. But yeah, we didn't really have anybody until, uh, what was it? 2004 when T.O. came and he just like, oh my God, he, he had my heart. He was that dude. Like you, you finally saw what McNabb could be and what the Eagles could be with a game changing X receiver. And that just, I, I like fell in love with receivers all over again. And there's a reason why I don't collect T.O. just with, with the whole Dallas thing. And um, yeah, he kind of left a, a, a bad taste in, in, uh, in Philly fans mouths um, after he left. But there are some other reasons that 
at play with why that team didn't didn't end as well as they could have. McNabb is part to blame there too. But yeah, I just ever since I think it was like the TO years that really made me appreciate the wide receiver position in, in the NFL and, and just their flashiness and and how much they can contribute on the field. And honestly, I'll give I'll give your boy a shout. Um Peyton Manning went in the um not just the the Colts days, I obviously appreciated Harrison and Wayne. Um, but when he was in Denver too, with that trio uh with Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, and Wes Welker. That team was unfreaking stoppable. I I don't know how, I don't know how they didn't win it like two Super Bowls in that time span between like twenty what was it twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen or something twenty twelve um, yeah twenty twelve like oh those seasons like they were they were just incredible like Eric Decker might have been like my favorite player in the NFL then because of Peyton Manning and he was obviously very skilled as well but yeah it was just something about about the wide receiver position that that really got me hooked to them and it translated to a lot of things it wasn't it wasn't just uh card collecting um i i mentioned to you in the pre-show how how big of a fantasy football fan i am and um uh, i'm really big into the uh, advanced metrics in the game and 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 analytics and how much more efficient passing plays are more than rushing plays and one could argue how much more uh, efficient and and um, and game changing a, a, a dominant wide receiver could be even over like a running back um, to the point where I find myself in fantasy football drafts draft it in the first round drafting DeAndre Hopkins like number four overall and everyone in the room looks at me like I have five heads and I'm like I'm sorry I just I just love the I, I love receivers and I love and I want the best of the best. So I, I feel like that's kind of that's that's sort of I, I don't know, like just with how I see myself as a football fan, like I want that to apply to my card collecting, too. And I've just always just found myself to be more drawn to receivers than than to any other position. Um, like even when I played as a kid, I'd, I'd always want to play receiver or tight end. I, I, I would never want to be quarterback or running back. Yeah, it's it's just a, a position group that I just I I came I I came to fall in love with from when I was a kid, and it's translated to my collecting now. A lot of the reason why people say that like don't buy receivers, receivers won't hold value. There's this narrative that like it takes the quarterback to give them the ball in order for them to do what they need to be, do, catch passes, to, uh, catch touchdowns, and I think some of that is true. But I think of like when you think about you know, you, you that memory you have of Jerry Rice on the Raiders and you just think about all these plays and so much about collecting is nostalgia. And when I think about the game of football, like receivers have a really big, re- really big piece of that in a lot of our minds. And we we might not remember every player from each era we were growing up, but we certainly remember the top receivers. Um, why, why do you th- and another thing I've been sensing in like these collector conversations is that oftentimes it's the collector who's kind of taking advantage of a narrative or taking advantage of something like that, where it's like, okay, the hobby's saying this and everyone's going to buy these quarterbacks or prospecting. So because the hobby's saying this, like, I'm just going to go, that's where, that's my sandbox. I, it makes me feel good. I can have the best of the best cards. And I sense that's kind of what you're doing in your collecting. Um, what, like, why do you, why, why do you think receivers have been so, underappreciated in the hobby for so long so interestingly enough since uh the mvp award in football was created in 1957 um i took a look at the position groups that have won the award 
since since it became a thing since since 57 44 quarterbacks 18 running backs two defensive players believe it or not one place kicker one kicker won an mvp in 1982 that's a really nice football tribute. Who, who is that? Uh, I can't remember his name. I think he was the kicker for Washington. I just I just looked at this recently, too. You know what position group I didn't mention in there? Wide receiver. Wide receiver has never won a single MVP. And even looking at the Offensive Player of the Year awards dating back to its existence, only uh, three wide receivers have won that award. And Jerry Rice is the only one that's that's done it twice. So it's I understand. I I totally understand why quarterback quarterback should be worth more than wide receivers, just given how much they contribute to the game. And and like I said, going back to the advanced analytics, like the player value uh, or or like even the value of a, a contributing points for your team is so much higher for a quarterback than any other position. And with the type of impact that they can provide in the game. It, they absolutely should be the most collected position group in football. Um, and, you know, uh, collectors really value MVPs and, and Super Bowls and, and Super Bowl MVPs. That tends to be more likely than not a quarterback's, quarterback stat and quarterback achievement just because of how much they matter in the game. But, I mean, it's all about personal preference for me. Like I said, I was just, I, I was really, I was pretty aimless. Like when I got back into the hobby in 2020 and there would just, uh, there'd be so many avenues I was into and, and I kind of, I did a little bit of football, but at the point when like, you know, I saw some of my first cards that, that I posted on, on Instagram, I couldn't really turn them down. And then it just took me into a rabbit hole that basically turned into my Instagram page. Um, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's been something that's given me like a life, a good lifetime collecting project, but yeah, in, in terms of underappreciation in the hobby, it's at, at the end of the day, it all just comes down to, you know, how collectors remember the game and, and what they find, what, like what memories they found fond or what memories they were fond of back when they were watching the game when they were younger. And I just, I don't know, like I, I'm, I was always kind of going against the grain when people would talk about the the quarterbacks, I'd talk about the wide receivers and, and the and the position like the other position groups too. Like I, I I respect running backs as well. But it's not just me. It's it's the the NFL sees wide receivers as like the kind of the same way the rest of the hobby does. You know what like what's interesting with them is like I think a good example of this is like Montana and Young. Um they weren't even elected that far into the Hall of Fame. And when they, and they basically had the same team construction. Meanwhile, you have Marvin Harrison, who's you know elected into the Hall of Fame. Probably if, I, I can't remember first first ballot Hall of Famer, or just about. And now you have Reggie Wayne. And if you look at his career numbers, he's you could argue he's like a top fifteen wide receiver of all time, top ten maybe. And there's there's a theory, and I think it rings pretty true, where the NFL discounts the number two wide receiver on a team that when their counterpart is already in the hall of fame. So they, they, they attribute a lot of that success to the quarterback, to Peyton Manning. Um, and it's like, look at this, like, look at, look at these players, career numbers, and you'll see that there's some truth to this. Like it, it's, it's so true too, with, um, with the greatest show on turf and, you know, in the late nineties, mm. early two thousands with Warner, Bruce and Holt, 
Bruce is in the Hall of Fame, but Holt has been eligible for years. And the, and the Hall just like refuses to let him in. And you could argue he's a top 10 wide receiver of all time. So it's it's just it's funny how uh, even like the NFL sees wide receivers kind of the same way the hobby does. So um, it's OK. I'm, I'm like totally fine going against the grain and and um, getting getting a, a nice collection for, for a fraction of the cost of, of a quarterback, whether it be a, an all time grader or prospect. I always like to look at what's happening in the actual sport and like then go peek over at the hobby and see if things make sense or if they're aligned or if they're disjointed. And I think just this off season on the wide receiver front in the NFL, we're, we're seeing stuff that we've never seen before. And you just think about the deals for uh, Devonte Adams got Tyreek Hill. The reason why AJ Brown's on your team now is because the Titans didn't want to pay that money. I was listening to the football podcast on the athletic and they were talking about like, if you're starting a team, what would like, your primary focus be. And it was like, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about just, it would have to be on the offensive side of the ball. And they said, you get your quarterback. But then right after that, I was expecting, okay, get the line, whatever. And it was like, no, like you pick your, your wide receiver. And then you just think about the Bengals, right? Like, dude, I, I was like, there's no way the Bengals are going to do anything in the playoffs. Cause they have no offensive line, but they bucked that trend because Jamar chase and just Boyd and just Higgins ridiculous receiving core with an, elite quarterback do you feel because of these changes in like maybe a spotlight on the receiver from the actual football game that this potentially could translate over to sustainability in the wide receiver market definitely so to an extent all right so i i do think wide receiver is probably it's one of the more valuable and not highly spoken of position groups um on either side of the ball really but with the way that the league is now, it's very different than than how the league was when I was growing up. Like even up, you could argue up up through like maybe, I don't know, five, eight years ago. It's not a secret that analytics are being he- heavily used in pretty much every organization in the NFL right now. And they see how much more efficient passing is as opposed to running. That's why we don't see running backs um, being handed over MVP awards anymore. But it kind of it it affects the wide receiver too because passing is so efficient defenses are expecting the ball to be placed in the receiver's hands more but you can't offenses can't zero in on a single guy anymore necessarily unless if you could argue there's like a couple of guys who were bucking that trend in the NFL you could argue like Debo Samuel is one of them just because of how he's being deployed in San Francisco if he's still on San Francisco in 2022 um, with you know getting getting the ball out of out of the backfield too, but it's really tough to funnel the ball into into a single um, receiver's arms just because defenses. There are a lot of teams that have shut down corners um, and corners that can sh- that are able to shadow the team's X receiver all over the field. And more often than not, if you have somebody like a Marshawn Lattimore that's going against a Mike Evans. More often than not, he can blanket him and he can you know, hold him to you know, like one catch for 10 yards or something. And um, you'll see in those games, you, the quarterback doesn't even look in Mike Evans' direction just because Lattimore is on him. So you have to find other ways to spread the ball around. That's kind of what makes me appreciate the greats even more just because of how run heavy the league was and they were able to be ball dominant in such a, such a run heavy league like what i'm thinking of guys like jerry and and randy moss 
we're probably never going to see anything like it again because um, the ball is being spread out so much more now than we've ever seen it before. So I don't know how many consistently dominant seasons we're going to see from any wide receivers that are even playing today. So I'd love to like, I love young receivers today. There's there's, I could name so many receivers with their, um, with prospect profiles that I genuinely love, like guys like Jamar Chase and DJ Moore um, and, and, and a couple of other young guys, Justin Jefferson. But I'm really wondering, like over a sustained period of time, how many, like let's say thousand yard seasons they can string together just because of how the game is being played today. And honestly, I could be completely wrong. Maybe like 10 or 15 years from now, you could see more teams playing bully ball football, like, like the Patriots or the San Francisco 49ers. And they don't care. They don't care. Like they do use analytics, but they, they zig, you know, like how you say zig when others zag, they zig when others zag too. And they, they're not afraid of power run football. So uh, the trends that we're seeing now could be completely different than the trends we see 15, 20 years from now. But in terms of the talent that's out there today, it's it's really exciting. Like like some of the guys I named before, like Jamar Chase is really freaking good. And if he can and if he can string together 10 straight thousand yard seasons, I'm probably going to be collecting him one day. Um, I just want I just want to see that that sort of sustained level of success before I start putting some serious money in, into a guy like that. But the receivers that are in the game today, um, they're young, they're exciting. There is a lot of cards out there for collectors to appreciate. But if I'm going to put my money into um, something like like, you know, guys like them, I, I want to see a level of sustained success before I seriously invest in. That was so good. So much good information. The only other player that wasn't mentioned that ball dominant and you think he was in the class of my favorite player of all time. You just think at first ballot, Calvin Johnson, I think obviously fits the fits the mold of I don't know if we'll ever see that again, but geez, just like he didn't play for that long, but there's a reason why he was a first ballot hall of famer because he was doing something very few players ever in the history of the game did. I'm pretty sure there isn't there a screenshot of him being like quadruple covered on a hail Mary pass. Yeah. And he still yeah, catches he didn't it. Care. Like, yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't care. So, so I want to make sure we get into your collecting and, and, and dig into that. So we've talked a lot about a lot of a lot of receivers mentioned a lot of names, maybe share like who are your primary PC players and like, what is the process that you go through for selecting the individual players before we get into the cards itself? Of course. So um, I, like I told, like I said before, I, I honestly can't remember what Instagram live it was. Honestly, it might've been the crossover um, with, with uh uh, Josh and Chris from Card Ladder, um, awesome show. I, I know you've had them on as multiple time guests. It must. It was probably Josh that mentioned Julio Jones, and he said, "Listen, like you could either have this, like this. I like I can't remember some some obscure basketball player, or you could have like one of Julio Jones' best cards for like low four figures, and that's like strong, and you're you're guaranteed to get one of his best cards." I'm like. I freaking love Julio Jones. Like how the hell have not, have I not like done my research into seeing what's out there for him. And within the next couple of weeks, I saw uh, from the same seller, um, I saw a 2014 prism gold Julio BGS 10 and a 2013 first year select black one of one BGS nine. And 
I hit him up immediately and I'm like, all right, how much do you want for both of them? And the numbers he told me, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm pretty sure I just got a LeBron card for like three times this amount for their price combined. And I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing LeBron to, to, you know, any wide receiver, but I'm like, this is, I'm not used to hearing these numbers. I'm used to hearing like crazy four to low five figure numbers. So, um, I got them, I got, I got them within like a week of each other, um, both cards and, it's funny, like once that 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 alone took me into the Julio Jones rabbit hole, and probably within a couple weeks or or a month or so, I saw a, a 2013 Topps Chrome Gold um, DeAndre Hopkins PSA 10 pop up, and I'm like, I freaking love Hopkins! Like, I, all right, let's see how much this goes for. And I think it went in the hundreds, um, hundreds of dollars, which is like that's so crazy. So these like. Probably some of these guys' biggest cards took me into the rabbit hole of like just going ham into collecting them. Like I'm like, okay, I can't just have this guy's rookie gold. I need to. I I gotta. I gotta go. Like I I got. I gotta keep going for the run. Um, or like look into their gold prisms and you know some some of their some of their best Panini cards and you know I I didn't even have a uh, Julio's you know best rookie card. I just had like a random year gold prism. I'm like, there's no way I can just stop here. So. Mm. Um, it went, it kind of, it, it spidered into wide receivers that, uh, really benefited me in fantasy football and who I just loved watching growing up. And, um, Calvin Johnson, uh, got into there and I also like went head first with like a really big Calvin card at, at first his, um, I think it was his rookie Bowman Chrome gold, either BGS nine, five or PSA 10. And, I just I I would find these cards that would just get me into like a rabbit hole of collecting the player in general. And after a while, I'm thinking like, all right, so I'm spending like a decent amount of money on these guys. I'm not even collecting like these are these guys are all great. Like they're Julio and DeAndre at the time when Julio was healthy. They're they're like they're having really productive, active careers. And Calvin is not, you know retired for too long but he's he's considered an all-time great i'm like i'm not even i'm not even looking at jerry and randy and i love these guys as a kid um so i realized uh there were a couple of players i i i also pc'd at the time and i'm like all right something's got to give i gotta i gotta sell somebody i gotta get i gotta get out from from somebody just to be able to like step foot into the jerry or randy arena um, one of the guys at the time I PC'd was, was AJ Brown. And, uh, we mentioned him going to the Eagles and I, I love his, his prospects, um, to this day, but this, like I said, it was just something I had to give. So I had to get out of his stuff just to be able to afford some of, some of Jerry, Jerry and Randy. And, um, and just looking at like with Jerry, I, I wasn't, I wasn't around for all of the, um, 49ers days or, was even old enough to appreciate them. But when you look back statistically, especially somebody, somebody like Jerry Rice, I know for a fact in my lifetime, we are not going to see another Jerry Rice. Like his, his career numbers, like this dude is like the LeBron James and Michael Jordan of wide receivers. It's like, it's because he had, he had the ceiling of like an MJ in the wide receiver position group but he had the sustainability of LeBron where this guy is, this guy is getting 13, 1400 receiving yards at age 41 or age 40. It's just like unreal stuff that 
that you're never going to see again. And he wasn't the greatest athlete coming out of coming out of college. Um, but he was he was a route running savant. This, this dude would make cornerbacks look silly back then. Like if you watch some of the practice footage from the 80s and 90s, he would just make his teammates look absolutely silly. Pro Bowl cornerbacks like they would just they would like break their ankles in practice. Um, just seeing some of his footage and we don't even have to go that that much into into Randy Moss like I just with Moss what what did it for me with him not just his career numbers but um, seeing him seeing his his performance with the Vikings and then that 2007 season with the Patriots mm. coming from Philadelphia I hated the Patriots and I loved Randy Moss like I'm, I'm like dude this guy caught 23 touchdown passes in a single season he's a baller so yeah, that's uh, that's that's a little bit. It's it's very it's very emotional. Uh, my process that that went into these players, but I like to have a couple of stats to back them up too. The the Brady and Moss combination as a Colts fan, I I remember when the two teams were undefeated and they came to Indian Patriots, of course, won in the regular season. But it just just think about that. Like it was literally Tom Brady throwing the ball to Randy Moss, which just doesn't seem like it should be allowed. Uh, um, so, so one thing I want to talk about is you mentioned like these Bowman gold, these black one of ones. And what I think is interesting is that you were able to jump into the segment of the market, get these badass cards, like the best possible cards that you could buy of these players. And you think about the price and then compare it to like a, like a, a LeBron James commodity card that you you see all the time is readily available. And just the separation on price of that, of like, it, it just like, especially if you feel something regarding these wide receivers, it just like it literally doesn't make any sense to go then spend all this money on this card that literally anyone could get, as opposed to like having the best cards of a player that really makes you feel something. So that to me is like taking advantage of what's happening in the hobby. So maybe like you mentioned prism, you mentioned like black one ones, like what are you focusing in on when you're collecting these players, shiny stuff, patches, like what, what's your process in evaluating the right type of cards to add to your PC? Shiny, big time, big time, shiny. I, I mentioned when I was younger, I was, I was a patch guy. But if Panini's making it really hard for patches, just with this, you know, the, with the player worn stuff, or or not even player worn, you're not even that lucky um, to get player worn. So, um, yeah, I've basically been focusing on shiny stuff. And uh, when 2021 came around, I realized, you know, like I said, how much money I was putting into into these guys, and I was getting really serious into into getting some some really nice collections um, of them, and. To an extent, I'm a completionist, but I realize if I want to go like, like if I want to work on gold refractor runs or something or gold prism runs, I really have to focus on like the best sets in my eyes. Like I can't, I can't go prism select all, all three levels of select gold, uh, optic, you know, flawless. If I want to go into like the patch auto game. Um, I can't go into all these uh, different sets and avenues or else I'm not going to be able to afford anything in life. I'm not going to be able to, to buy my groceries. So I really I, I chose to to focus in on a gold or or shiny runs um, of of the sets that I, I see in my eyes are the best. So um, if when we're, when we're talking guys like Julio DeAndre and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and um, Calvin Johnson, I. I I'm focusing on their gold active player uh, 
season gold prism runs and gold tops chrome runs like even fine like i had to take a back seat on finest um there's been some really nice finest stuff but there's only so like i said there's only so much money i have and so i've i've been looking at you know those those products mainly and and even like i can't imagine like if like a if like a 10 year old me was watching me in the future in this interview right now saying like oh yeah you're uh, like i'm looking at tops chrome gold refractors like tops chrome to me when I was a kid was that was like that was like a mythical creature like that's like a unicorn you're ne- you're never going to see one of those you're never going to buy into products like that so just being able to to collect and uh put serious money into a product like that like I consider myself really lucky and that that was like the type of set that I wanted to get into as a kid but when like it wasn't even in like my my state of mind that I could ever afford to to put money into a set like this so um yeah it's been mostly mostly a uh, a uh, prism tops chrome um if if it's somebody like jerry or or randy uh i'll I'll try for the gold tops chrome runs gold's finest some of the late 90s early 2000s finest are they are some of the best cards ever created in my opinion um otherwise like you even in even in the wide receiver lane you need to have some level of um focus or or else it this thing's gonna get really expensive really quickly i just want to like get your opinion on this because mm. this is what i'm doing and I, it, to me like i feel like a, a kid in the hobby doing this but like how much like you've got you've mentioned five players you've mentioned bryce you've mentioned uh moss you've mentioned hopkins jones johnson now i know like active playing years for all of those players don't train like there's some there's crossover, but not all those guys probably align. Uh, but like, how much fun is it to say, okay, well, I'm going to go after, you know, the, the, the tops Chrome gold runs. And now, now I've got like a year with, I'm looking at the Johnson. I'm looking at the Hopkins. I'm looking at the Jones and they're, they're all here. They're all here from the same year. Like that. And I, I know I've been talking a lot about continuity, but like how much fun is building those connections across like similar products of all those players that you collect. It's incredible. Like I want to take, I want to take a photo. If I swear, if Hopkins was drafted in 2012 and he had a 2012 gold prism, I would, I would do whatever I could to get a, a prism gold of all five of those guys and just have it. Is that the miss? Post. Is that the one missing? That's the piece? one missing. Yeah. I've, oh. I have, I have Randy. I have, um, haven't posted it yet. I have Calvin and Julio. Um, and then there's, uh, Jerry, he's obviously long gone, but yeah. So out of like the four guys that could reasonably be in the product, um, Ugh. unfortunately Hopkins decided to, to come out of school on time. So, um, it would have been nice if he declared a little bit early. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I just, yeah, I, th- if there's something about like collecting the product and then involving the players that you are interested in collecting, then going out and like piecing a player and just like, you can aim, you can be aimless about piecing a player, and it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna these new things are probably oh, I don't have this, I haven't seen this, and then all of a sudden you have like a bunch of cards of a player. Then like a couple months later, you're looking at it and you're like, why did I? Buy? I know I love this player, but why did I buy this? So I just think it's like fun to meet other collectors, especially like qualifier shiny, like qualifier gold, and then just trying to build out those connections across sets and product lines. It's just it's like the game with inside the game of the hobby. I absolutely respect completionists. I'm I 
have friends who are wide receiver collectors who are absolute degenerates and completionists. And I, who have been collecting for years, they've or decades. They have some of my favorite collections I could ever see on any Instagram page for any, any player collector, any, any era collector. It's just, uh, like I said, like, I mean, I could be a completionist, but that's going to take years. It's, it will take decades. And, and I'm not saying I'm in this for the short term. I'm in this thing for life. Um, hmm. But it's just, like I said, there's only, there's only so much money that could be spread around for me in this hobby. And, and I, I want to be as focused as I possibly could. So I, that's why I try to target the products that really hit the feels for me. I love it. And before I let you get out of here, I got to hear like, your PC, you can just go look at Flippity Flip Cards' page and there's some bangers in there. What are your what are your favorite cards in your PC? Like the ones that you're not you're never under any circumstances letting go of. Oh man. Um all right. So it's we already mentioned five players, so I'll try to I'll break them down by player. All right, for Jerry Rice, um best card I, I have them hands down has to be the 1997 um Star Rubies BGS9. That's like I could I could literally get rid of like I need to buy a house tomorrow. I will sell every card in my collection, but not that card. I don't know if you've ever held a '97 rubies in your hand. I th- I think Marvin Harrison's in that set. Um, yeah. it, it's oh, it's gorgeous. Like I, the arena team, man. Like kudos to them. That's like I I'd rather have one of those than a PMG, honestly. Just especially seeing it in hand. Um, holy crap, that that's that is one pretty card. So it's got it's for rice, it's gotta be the ninety-seven uh Star Rubies BGS nine. I have the ninety-eight as well, and a ninety-eight's that's a beautiful set in football as well. And uh what else what else do I have of him? I did like an in uh, a a funny, kind of funny in-person deal um where uh, I I met up with the seller at a bank, you know, a couple states away from me. Uh, and I had to take <laughs> had to take a last second day off at work just because that was the only day that, that the the seller could meet me for um, the ninety nine. Um, it's known as the gold PMG in football. So the um, the ninety nine PMG uh, Jerry Rice PSA nine. That's also that's probably the second to last card I'll let go of. And outside of Jerry for for Randy Moss, uh, I also have his ninety nine PMG gold. I have the lowest grade, and I'm proud to say it. Um, the BGS, BGS 7.5. I will not move um, one of those unless if I could get like a reasonable upgrade, um, even to to whatever to BGS eight or the, the grade doesn't really matter to me. It's just a beautiful card. And for him, I mentioned before, I have the 2012 Prism Gold PSA 10. Um, that was that was a card that I I never in my lifetime thought I could ever get. And then with uh, with other guys, uh, Calvin Johnson. I'm just going to go down down the list in terms of uh, of uh, career superiority. Calvin, it has to be the the 2007 Bowman Chrome uh, Gold Refractor PSA 10 out of 50. Yeah, interestingly enough, in 07, there there was never a, there wasn't a Topps Chrome Golds created for that year. I'm not quite sure why the Topps really really messed up that year. Um, so this is the closest thing I can get to getting a, a top scrum gold. So um, that's a beautiful card. I have is a 2012 Prism Gold. That's it's raw. Um, I've been dragging my feet with uh, with getting it graded at PSA. It's probably going to get like a seven, but I don't care. I just want it in case. And then for for the other guys, Julio, man, Julio. There are so many with Julio. Um, 
I when PWCC was still on eBay, I, I remember the card had a lot of had a lot had a lot of eyes on it. Um, it was the 2011 finest rookie um, uh, superfractor BGS 95. That's like that's yeah, that's not that's not leaving my Julio collection anytime soon. Also, 2012. Pres- you've, you wait, tell- you've got that. You've got the two. You've got the 11. Super yeah, I got the 11, 11 finest superfractor. I'm still looking for the 11 top scrum superfractor. I have the gold refractor BGS 95. There's no PSA 10s, but uh, yeah. Top Chrome Superfractor. I have no idea how much money that's going to go for now. I know this guy has been, this guy needs to take up yoga classes or something just to keep his hamstrings healthy. In term, uh, I'm speaking about Julio. So I, I don't know how much money it's going to go for, but I'm willing to pay strong for it if it ever comes up. So definitely uh, the 11 finest Superfractor for me, for Julio. And then for Hopkins, uh, and it's it's tough for Hopkins. I There's been a, a 2013 Prism Black Finite up forever. I think it's a BGS nine. It's on my slabs and eBay. The seller wants like 18 K for it. It's just at like, it's just a stupid price. I would love that card. But um, in, in the meantime, I'll have to settle for my 2013 prism gold um, PSA nine uh, for, for Deandre. So yeah, I'm uh, those are just, those are cards that all cards. I would not, I would not move for any player unless if for whatever reason, like, Worst comes to worst, I just have to. I really have to slow down the hobby, and I got to get out of one of them. Like, but un- until that happens, those are just cards that I'm. I am not going to move like for really anything. Like, I'm not going to move. I wouldn't move it for like probably like I wouldn't move my best DeAndre card for my fifth best Jerry card. Just but, like it's just not. It's it's not how I I see myself rolling in the hobby. So. Yeah, it's uh, those are just those are those are pieces that I can't see leaving anytime soon. Quite the slate. Holy cow. I'm going to have to go back and look at your I've looked at your page a lot. I'm going to go back and now like visualize and see those again. Um Jesse, you can find him Flippity Flip Cards on Instagram. It was so much fun exploring the topic of finding a unique collecting lane and I would imagine there are some people out there listening that are thinking, "You know what?" Might not be those guys, but there are players that mean something and they're significant to me that played the wide receiver position. Let me start some new eBay searches. I, I think that's going to be a thing after this one. Thanks for all you do in the hobby, brother, and appreciate you sharing your wisdom on this episode. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate you. That is a good dude in the hobby with an insane wide receiver collection. Always love talking football. Always love to go against the grain and see someone collecting something different, go follow him, Flippity Flip Cards, on the Instagram. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More stacking slabs win next week. You already know that. Peace out. Take care.